Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hi, Changemaker. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. All right, and I do that by helping you people who are out there working at your nonprofit or you just all of a sudden got grant writing dumped on your lap at the nonprofit, (laughs) or even for those of you who are freelance grant writers or who want to become freelance grant writers and really need to um, get your business set up and in place and making money. All right, so today we are going to be talking about making money. This is making money for the nonprofit. All right, so we're talking about different services that can help your nonprofit or many different nonprofits if you work with all of your clients to actually increase funding and revenue. So yes, grants are amazing. Just like we talked about last week, grant writing is phenomenal, but there's other ways and you should have a healthy mix of ways to bring in funding for the nonprofit. So we looked at services briefly. We have an entire spreadsheet of different ways and different revenue that you can bring in for your nonprofit. So if you want to check that out, please go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash nine zero and get the free downloadable um, that has all of the different questions and has a little checklist and you can even use it for this episode we have today. All right, guys, so what are we talking about today? Well, 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 is your nonprofit ready to earn income? Wait, but we're a nonprofit. We can't earn income. Oh, yes, you can. Just because you are a nonprofit organization does not mean that you cannot earn income. Nonprofit doesn't mean no profit. It means you take the profit and put it back into the organization. But you do have to make sure that anything you do that is related to earned income relates to your nonprofit. For example, if your nonprofit is an animal shelter and you start raising revenue by providing human resources services for solo entrepreneurs, it might not be the best fit. So as a disclaimer to this episode, you do need to ensure that your earned income relates to the mission of the nonprofit. So maybe by offering pets to be rented for connecting with senior citizens, maybe a better way of raising revenue if you have an animal shelter, right? That might sound a little weird, but hey, find a need and fill it. All right, so I'll definitely have a a link if you want to get really, um, you know, lawyery on me. for that so you can see some different links that show everything that you need to have in place. But overall, you know, if you're looking at different ways, definitely look at ways of bringing in money and what you can do to bring in money for your nonprofit. Of course, if you do find something that is a great income generator and isn't related to your mission, your nonprofit may still be able to do this, but... But, but, but it might not be tax exempt income, i.e. you may have to pay taxes on it. So do check that out. It doesn't mean you can't do it if you find something, hey, this fills a niche, but has nothing to do with our nonprofit, but it's helping bring in money. You can still do that. It's just, it might be taxed. So you can definitely check out our whole website at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash nine one. So you can get more information about that. But today's podcast is going to give you some great ideas to get your creative juices flowing, all right? You are going to get several examples and ideas for earned income. This will help you to start planning different ways of raising money for your nonprofit or the nonprofits you work with. 
or if you're a freelance grant writer or want to become one, this episode will diversify your skills so you can offer a variety of services to nonprofits. You might want to listen to this if you're wanting to come up with creative ideas to earn revenue for your nonprofit or the nonprofits you work with, right? So earned income, either in fees for services or selling products, should actually be quite a high percentage of a nonprofit's income. As we heard last week, the nonprofit sector in brief in 2014 reported that our U.S. nonprofits received 50% of fees for services and goods from private sources, 23.1% for fees and services and goods from government, 12.9% from private contributions, 9.2% from government grants, 3.6% from investment income, and 1.2% from other income. So that is to say... Whoa, 50, 60, 73.1%, right? So if you're looking at that, 73.1% is for goods and services sold. So whether that be to government sources or to the private, to private sources, that was a majority of what nonprofits, when you looked at, you know, nonprofits overall for that certain year in 2014, what they, how they had received funding. So that's huge, right? So to help build a fiscally healthy nonprofit, you got to listen to today's episode. All right, guys. Um, but before we get into it, I just want to give a shout out. Someone left me a review on iTunes and that is CPI jo- Joanna. CPI Joanna. Sorry, guys, I can't talk today. My goodness. All right, so um, she said, through her, or he, well, Joanna's probably a girl, so thank you, Joanna. (laughs) Through her podcast and the e-course on grant writing, Holly gave me the confidence that I can understand and apply this knowledge well, even though I haven't submitted any grant proposal yet. Holly is highly approachable and answered all of my emails so far. Amazing. She is really interested in her students. Thank you, Holly. And thank you, CPI Joanna. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you for listening to the podcast and for taking the e-course on grant writing. So thank you so much and for reaching out to me. I love, love, love interacting with students and answering any questions and really helping you succeed. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time and leaving a review on iTunes. All right. With anyone wanting to get money for offering services or products, first a nonprofit needs to develop a dun-dun-dun business plan. Eek! Even a nonprofit needs a business plan? Yes. Actually, you should have developed one before you became incorporated, right? But it might not have happened or your nonprofit has changed a lot since that amazing day. So what do you need to know? Well, What your nonprofit can provide and what the market will pay for, that's what you need to know. It's a basic demand supply model, right? We aren't going to go crazy into a a business plan today, but I am going to give you some examples and you can get some ideas for your nonprofit. So try to keep in mind this idea of supply and demand as I go over the different case studies and examples of services that your nonprofit can offer. I might share something that sounds amazing and you would think it would be amazing for your nonprofit, but first test it on a small scale before you invest a whole lot of time and money into it. All right, guys. So what we're going to talk about today for earned income is services. What services you can provide or your nonprofit can provide to get money. So actually fees for service, not just free services, but fees for service. So number one, we're going to have five different examples today. Number one is general services. According to Mission Box, a fee-for-service approach for nonprofits is defined as a nonprofit uses its earnings to support its mission and prioritizes benefit to the community over 
profits. Your organization can grow financially sustainable with a fee-for-service model, end quote. So you can definitely provide services and charge money for it. So the case study I'm going to use today is the YMCA. So most of you are familiar with the YMCA. The YMCA, they offer workout classes, community classes, a gym, etc. right? And they usually offer it at a very competitive rate. So you don't have to charge sky high prices either. You can look at your market and say, okay, maybe we'll charge a little under market so we can get more people. Or maybe those are the people that we're wanting to target. They might not be the upper middle class that can afford the fancy gyms, but they're the middle class, lower middle class that, you know, they can afford something, but in, you know, we're going to give them a good uh, service for it, but we're also going to have it so it's affordable and they can actually come. So the YMC is actually hybrid as they offer membership programs, and we're going to talk about membership further along, but they also offer services, right? So that is our case study for today, as you're familiar with the YMCA. Other examples of general services include classes on gardening or other specialized skills, things like painting or that sort of thing. So maybe some of your board of directors, your executive directors, some of your staff, or even volunteers want to come in and provide some kind of class for the community, but the community will all pay a fee to access that class, right? And then the monies that are raised will go to the nonprofit. So the class, whoever's facilitating the class would do it pro bono or for free. Or maybe they charge a very minimal fee for their time, but all of the rest of the profits go back to the nonprofit. Another example is consulting. So maybe your nonprofit can actually do some consulting to other nonprofits. Maybe you've been able to do a great skill that you can then train other nonprofits to do. So you actually charge them to do this. Counseling. Maybe you have counselors at your nonprofit and they will actually charge for their services. Management. Maybe you have different management skills that you can offer and you can charge for. Marketing. Maybe you have an amazing marketing department and they can actually take on other jobs for other nonprofits or even for-profits, businesses, solo props, all of that. And that is a kind of service that you can provide. Human resources, IT skills, I could go on and on. So these are all general services. So really think about what your nonprofit does, what skills it has, and what are some of the things that it could actually provide for the community. And this might be a twofer because maybe um, you have an area where you're helping uh, veterans become employed. So maybe you have an HR that you're gonna build up an HR team and you're gonna offer human resources you know, services, and you're going to charge for that. So you're also going to train up the veterans who are beneficiaries, and they can get skills while working those jobs. So this is quite amazing. So really do think about what are some general services that our nonprofit can provide and do and charge for. Number two, memberships. I see a lot of this with 501c6 nonprofits utilizing the basic membership service approach, but even 501c3s can do this. But some examples of 501c6s is, is like the Chamber of Commerce, the Lions Club, etc. And that's where they have individuals, nonprofits, and corporations pay a fee to enjoy the membership of the organization, to enjoy being a member. And I see fees for memberships, I see them in flat rates, so everyone pays the same amount for the whole year or per month. 
Other times there's a sliding scale kind of based on how much revenue your business has, and that's mainly through chambers of commerce, or how many individuals in your business or nonprofit will benefit from the membership. So, you know, you might pay based on what your annual income is, but you also may pay based on how many people you have in your nonprofit or in your organization. Advantages of individuals, nonprofits, and businesses signing up for memberships could be receiving specialized training, networking, advertising, and other opportunities. And the case study I'm going to give today is the Guam Women's Chamber of Commerce, since I sit on the board. <laughs> I can do that. Anyways, I serve on the board of the Guam Women's Chamber of Commerce, and how our operations are funded is mainly through our membership dues. So this provides funding for the executive director and other types of administrative costs. And the value that we give our members, networking, we have networking events. We just actually had one the other night, which was a lot of fun at the government house. We also have different volunteer opportunities they can become a part of. We do every other month meetings where they can come and they can hear different speakers. They can also have more mentoring happening. So we have people that mentor others. And just through having that community and that support, it's really, really great. So examples of this, other examples are other types of incentives for membership fees. So maybe you're saying, okay, well, how could our nonprofit do a membership to individuals, say, or to corporates, right? Like how would, how would we be able to do a membership structure? Well, you could do a monthly magazine, a weekly newsletter, discounts to the fundraisers, or maybe discounts that you do, right? Or discounts to affiliate organizations that you partner with. So maybe you partner with a certain IT company and you can give anyone that comes through your membership could receive a certain discount to that IT company. Member-only events. And think of art museums, nature societies, or other nonprofits that offer these types of memberships. Maybe you have that in animal shelter and include a membership where members get monthly pictures of the animals, free admission to the annual doggy 5K race, or other exclusive or informational opportunities. So when you think membership, really think exclusivity and think informational, right? Okay, moving on to number three, tuition fees. This is commonly associated with universities, but you could also think of this if your nonprofit is or can offer any knowledge sessions. Nonprofit colleges and schools do charge tuition fees. Just because it is a nonprofit college doesn't mean it's dirt cheap tuition fees either. So our case studies here, University of Southern California, Georgetown University, Boston University, etc. Those are just to name a few. And I'm not going to give you any examples for that because that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty understandable, right? But you can offer different knowledge sessions for your nonprofit. So say if your nonprofit is a conservation nonprofit, you could definitely offer different fees uh, to do some kind of specific scientific education classes or some kind of, you know, if you're going to take them out snorkeling to do reef monitoring, maybe you charge a fee for that, that sort of thing. So definitely think of what your nonprofit offers as far as knowledge sessions. All right, number four speaking engagements slash appearances. Hey, your executive director or people who serve on the board of directors or even some of your volunteers probably have pretty amazing stories. Of course, all won't necessarily be offered a financial contribution to be speakers, but some might be. Building up to speak at national or international conferences can include a nice side income, but even speaking at local trade associations or chambers can produce some money. Case study. Bethany Hamilton. 
Now, if you haven't heard of her, Bethany is a surfer from Hawaii who lost her arm by a shark attack while surfing. I actually remember this day as I lived on Oahu at that time, and the word traveled very quickly, even though she was on a different Hawaiian island. Even though she lost her arm, she returned to surfing and has won so many gold medals. She is such an inspiration. Just anywhere that she has movies out about her, she, the soul surfer, she's just amazing. And she also started a group, Friends of Bethany, and they have speaking engagements and conferences. They charge fees for some of these events, speaking engagements to help their efforts of helping other amputees or shark attack survivors. So that is really, really cool. So they're using their story to spread the word and awareness, but they're also charging. So Bethany, because she could also charge, and she probably does, personally to speak at different events and then she donates uh, so at least for the conference and the money goes back in to helping the nonprofit. so here are some examples get paid to speak at the following national conferences and make sure these are in your field of some sort rotary clubs chamber events university events city college events etc and if you want to visit the website grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash nine one you can definitely check out a directory of associations okay we are moving on to number five our final example renting out space does your nonprofit have a building or space or are you utilizing the space at all times? Well, the thing is, you are probably paying for your rent 24-7 or paying for the lease 24-7. Or maybe you own that building and it's just sitting there empty during some times of the day where you could be making money from it. If you aren't utilizing the space at all times, you may think of renting out some of your space. Do you have a room you only utilize once in a while but could rent out to other nonprofits or individuals to run workshops, AA groups, training, or even baby showers? Maybe your office is closed on the weekends, but a smaller house church would love to rent out your conference room on Sundays. Or maybe you have a beautiful garden area outside, or real quick, you should create one, <laughs> and you could rent it out for weddings or photo shoots. Get creative with your ideas. Our case study is the Elizabeth Street Gardens. Elizabeth Street Gardens is a beautiful garden area in New York City. The gardens have been there for 200 years and offer a great nature feel for the urban dweller. It offers an escapism to nature, a place that holds art, like these beautiful sculptures. It provides education for children because they can do, they can look at nature growing. There's even vegetables that grow there and they can do science classes there. And it brings the community together. The Elizabeth Street Garden raises funds for their garden by hosting events and photo shoots to protect and preserve the garden. And according to their website, the money raised goes directly towards their events to save the garden for the community, their legal fund, PR, free public programming, and garden operations and maintenance. That, I just love that. Anyways, you should definitely check out their website. I have the link on mine. And I just, I was watching some of their videos. They're so inspiring. I love it. It's beautiful space. Other examples of renting out your space are rent out to freelance consultants who need office space or workshop space, rent it out to specific groups or other nonprofits such as churches, AA groups, etc. like I had said above, rent out the space to businesses that require just additional space that they need from time to time, rent out to individuals for baby showers, weddings, bridal showers, funerals, birthday parties, etc. People are always looking for space for these types of things and they're always looking for affordable spaces. You can even rent out your outside areas for car washes, photo shoots, weddings, etc. 
All right, so I hope all those case studies and examples really inspired you with some ideas on services that you could you know, offer to raise money for the nonprofit that you work at or the nonprofits that you work with. To summarize these real quick, we have general services, memberships, tuition fees, speaking engagements and appearances, and renting out space. So be sure to grab the free downloadable from last week's episode and include some of these ideas into increasing revenue for the nonprofit you work at or possibly some ideas that you could develop for the nonprofits that are your clients. Next week, we are going to be talking about developing goods or products for nonprofits to sell that can bring in funding. So there's definitely a difference between services that you provide and then products that you sell. So we'll talk about those to get your kind of your brain going and your creativity going and to come up with some great ideas so your nonprofit can really become more healthy fiscally. All right, guys, so I will see you next week. As always, if you have any questions, holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe, and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this Grant Writing and Funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com. 